0: Hello, my name's Tom Boone.
1: And I'm Joanna Bailey.
0: Welcome to a brand new episode of the Simple Flying Podcast, where we'll give you the lowdown on the latest news from the world of commercial aviation. Here's what we have for you this week.
1: Coming up today, I'll take a look at the exciting reveal of Embraer's future sustainable aircraft concepts while Tom gets excited about the Dubai Air Show.
0: Joe will take a look at a 10-year-old 747-8 that's just taken its first long-haul flight while I look at a joint B.A. and Virgin stunt.
1: Finally, I'll see how Korean Air's 747 freighters are saving Christmas in the UK.
0: So now you know what's in store. Let's get on with the show. And Joe, before I start vomiting words about Dubai, please <laughs> take it away with Embraer.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So um, earlier this week, Embraer had a bit of a media do, um, and it was it was quite a widespread announcement. You know, everybody was invited on LinkedIn and YouTube, and um, what they were unveiling here was their vision for the future. Um, so they unveiled not one, not two, but four sustainable aircraft concepts um, that are. Going to be entering service over a period of ten years, starting in 2030. Um, So they're looking at different propulsion technologies. You know, hybrid electric, full electric, hydrogen fuel cell, and dual fuel gas turbine. And this Mm. aircraft family is called the Energia family. Okay. So it was a
0: sort of pop song, uh, like a high (laughs) beats. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I think it's yeah, it's all about energy and, and sustainable energy, and mm. um, yeah, just pouring all their energy into creating something that's not going to destroy the planet. So, uh, so yeah, it was a very glamorous event, and I hope you all managed to catch it. But I think it's available for replay if you didn't. There was a big, big build-up and some really cool special effects, and the wonderful Luis Carlos Afonso on the stage mm. um, presenting these concepts. But if to go through them kind of one by one, um, the first one that We'll see. Hopefully, bringing to market is a nine-seater hybrid electric concept, um, mm. which is the Energia Hybrid, um, and it's also called the e 9 8 So this will have one piston engine and two electric motors, um, and the electric motors will work during takeoff and climb. But once the plane gets to cruising altitude, they'll switch off, leaving the piston engine um, to operate. So they mm. reckon it'll be about fifty percent more efficient compared to today's jet turbines, um, and the um, Power plants, again, are presented at the back of the airframe, very much like the uh, turboprop concept that I we've seen it recently. It was
0: just a couple of weeks ago that you were telling us about that, wasn't it?
1: Yes, I'm a bit of an Embraer geek, I'm afraid. I tell you mm. lots of things about the uh, about the Embraer goings-on. Um, but mm. because it's at the back, it means that there's a noise reduction of about 60% compared with the smallest regional aircraft going around at the moment, um, up to 90% less CO2 emissions when it uses sustainable aviation fuel, and a mm. range of about 500 nautical miles. So Embraer is going to enter this into service by 2030. Now, that's not that far away because, you know... We've heard from Airbus about bringing an electric hydrogen plane to market by 2030 or 2035, um, but that is just the first flight. You know what is clear with Embraer is this is an entry into service date. So although mm. it might seem a bit far off, you know we'll see this plane flying within the next couple of years, doing its test flights, doing its certification pr- procedures, um, and then it will actually start delivering to airlines by 2030. So. quite ambitious really i think Mm. um obviously that's a very small one um but they're going to be getting bigger and they're going to be getting more efficient as well so by 2035 they're looking to introduce the energy electric which is around the same size as the hybrid plane um, but it will only have a range of about 200 nautical miles and this is 100 percent electric Um, and really interesting that it's got a battery in the nose of the aircraft that can be swapped very rapidly so when it gets to the airport they can take out the old battery put in the new one and it's ready mm. to go. It's fast turnaround times with no um, kind of waiting around for it to recharge. So, I think that's a really interesting way to tackle that problem of, um, you know, getting it recharged to carry yep. on with its journey. You've um, just got to
0: have a sort of situation where you've got loads of batteries lying around.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that's a, another challenge. But, mm. uh, you know, there's there's plenty of challenges in this uh, in this plan, um, which I'll come to in just a second. But to introduce the third aircraft is the Energia H2 fuel cell. Um, which is also called the E19-H2FC, very catchy name. (laughs) This is a 19-seater regional aircraft um, that will run on hydrogen electric um, and is due to enter service in 2035. Um, So it will start at 200 um, nautical miles in range, but it can be extended within the wishes of the customers. So basically, the, the more range they want the more it will rely on um the kind of hydrogen propulsion Mm. um but anyway it's able to achieve net zero and it will produce 70% less noise compared to today's aircraft of a similar size. Mm. Um, And the final one is the 35 to 50 seat aircraft that's powered 100% by hydrogen um, or 100% by SAF or on a combination of SAF and conventional jet fuel. So it's kind of like a um, interchangeable aircraft where you can choose your fuel type based on the range you want, based on the CO2 you want to um, drive down and based on what what's available where you're flying to and from. Um, So also known as the E50H2GT, this can achieve up to 100% reduction in CO2 emissions and a range of 350 to 500 nautical miles with noise reduced by 60%. Um, Hmm. So this is the largest of the concepts and this is due to enter service in 2040. So, as I say, lots of challenges towards um, actually executing all this for Embraer. There's not only the fact that they need to design brand new aircraft, you know, they're Mm. they're all different as well. You know, the position of the wings, the position of the engines, the size of the fuselage, these are all bespoke individual designs. It's not like one aircraft family, they're stretching up and down. Um, And then, of course, they need the power plants to be available to actually fly them. And then they need the infrastructure in place to actually supply the fuel types to these different aircraft. So, Mm. Really, really good to see what Embraer is doing and very exciting, um, but also a massive challenge. And to say that they're going to have the first ones actually being delivered to customers within like eight years, basically, I think that's a, a very ambitious target. Um, so yeah best of luck to them and if you're listening to this as it goes out on Thursday you've got a matter of hours to sign up for our future flying forum and hear me speaking to the president of Embraer commercial I am mayor where we'll be talking all about these concepts in more detail so um, Hmm. head on over to futureflyingforum.com if you haven't got your ticket already
0: well on that note I wanted to speak about the A380 without speaking about the A380. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> I couldn't I can't believe not. it
1: wasn't on the list for today's podcast. Tom. I know.
0: Well, there's so much I could have talked about, but there's other fun stuff as well. Um, but on Friday, I'm excited. Tomorrow, if you're listening to this, when it comes out, because I'm going to be heading with you, actually, Joe, but not with you, uh, to Dubai on the A2- A380 2 a Um And yeah, apparently somebody's already headed out to Dubai and that is Boeing. They took the 777X out to the air show at the start of the week. So this is really exciting from an aviation point of view, although if you're not into aviation, it would probably not be that exciting at all. Oh, Boeing Um, flew
1: a big plane. Wow. yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But basically, this is going to be the debut of the 777X because... You know, it was meant to be at Paris Air Show in 2019. Then it was meant to be at Dubai Air Show in 2019, and they finally took its first flight in um, January 2020. And they would have shown it off at Farnborough 2020, or then even Paris 2021. But uh, Corona led to both of these being cancelled. So <laughs> we're finally getting the official public debut of the 777X in Dubai. So next exciting! Week.
1: Can't wait. I'm,
0: I can't wait to just take photos of it from every single <laughs> angle. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but yeah, so since its first flight in January 2020, November 779 X-ray whiskey has taken to the sky hundreds of times. And I know a couple of months ago you were talking about how it was over the Boeing Classic Golf Tournament. mm. Well, yesterday, it went on its first sort of proper international flight. And this is sort of no mean feat um, in itself, because Boeing's had to get loads of approvals for the aircraft, because it's an experimental aircraft, you know, um, they've had to get approvals for it to go around the world and whatnot. Um But yeah, so it took off from Seattle's um, Boeing field at around 11.07 on Monday morning, which is around 70 minutes after its planned time of 10 o'clock, but it's got no passengers on, so it's not really such a stress if it takes off a bit late. Um, But it really quickly left US airspace and ended up over Canada. Then on the way to Dubai, it also overflew Greenland, Iceland, Denmark, Germany, Czechia, Slovakia, Hungary bulgaria greece and turkey and also norwegian airspace but that was over the sea um Mm. and then you know like most of the aircraft going to dubai from the west including the flights that we'll be on um sort of go through iraq and kuwait on the way to dubai however the 777x instead opted to fly past cyprus and israel and then overfly egypt jordan and saudi arabia before it got to uae airspace and um i'm guessing the reason for this is um you don't really want to be flying um Especially in a sort of an experimental plane over Iraqi airspace, because the FAA actually um, prohibits civil aviation author- um, operations in the country's airspace below flight level 320. And the f- plane mm. was flying at um, 390 at this point. Um, so, you know, it would have been above the sort of minimum that's allowed. But I guess um, there's a lot of better diversion airports um, if needed, sort of taking the other route.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: um but you know i think it's going to be quite interesting to see the progression of the triple seven x at the dubai air show because it is the home of um emirates who are the biggest com- um, customer but also um etihad will have a big pre- presence there um <laughs> I can't speak all of a sudden uh, etihad <laughs> will have a big presence there so um I don't know about Etihad so much, but Emirates has made no secret of the fact that it's very displeased with the delays to the program so far. So this is going to be Boeing's chance to say, come look at the plane up close, see it fly. You know, it's coming Um just wait and see. Um, it will be worth the wait sort of thing, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Emirates have been quite, or certainly um, a certain person at Emirates has been <laughs> yes. quite outspoken about how um, disappointed they are in Boeing. And I think, yeah. you know, actually, yeah, there have been delays, but it's kind of on track now. And, yeah. and I mean, it's so good that we're going to see it up close and personal for the first yeah. time, you know, in a public space. So and I mean, it's not I, the it's only progress. airplane
0: that's faced delays, you know, the... Uh, A380 also was delayed coming to market and yeah. they're its biggest fan now, you know, so.
1: <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, I can't wait and I'm fully planning to uh, test out the theory that the engines are as big as a 737 by getting a 737 and sticking it in the engine and checking mm. it out.
0: <laughs> well, there will be a couple of maxes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can get somebody to drive one in there yeah. just to check it if, out. If you're really.
0: listening from Boeing. <laughs> Prove it. Prove it to (laughs) us.
1: Okay. Well, sticking with Boeing, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Queen. And not um, our Queen, of course, because uh, she's poor thing. She's not very well at the moment. But uh, the Queen of the Skies, the Boeing 747, which we don't talk about enough because there aren't very many of them left now. Yeah. Um, But I wanted to talk about a 10-year-old 7478. Fun
0: fact, there's only one route that has both the A380 and the 747, and that's Frankfurt to Dubai.
1: (laughs) Lucky you. So you get to look out your window and see both. I, I don't see any planes out my window. The odd naval helicopter, that's about it. But uh, anyway, so this 10 year old Boeing 7478 has taken its first significant flight in its entire lifespan, you know, for an aircraft Wait, that's designed to old. go. 10 years old, um, designed to go long haul. Um, This one hasn't been anywhere, really. So on November the 6th, MSN 37826 took an eight and a half hour flight to Hamburg in Germany. And this is the first time it's left US soil since its construction. Mm. Um, So the story of this plane is back in 2011, Boeing was building a whole fleet of 7478s for your local airline, Lufthansa. Yeah. Lufthansa had ordered 20 that was set to be delivered between 2012 and 2015 um, as passenger aircraft, not as freighters. Mm. Um, But Boeing needed a test aircraft, not just to test out the plane itself, but also to sort of check out Lufthansa's configuration and do Mm. some different kind of flying um, tests and experiments with it. Um, And Lufthansa said, that's fine. You you take the first one, do what you need to do with it. We'll take it later. Um, So MSN 37826 never did go to Germany. It had been painted in basic Lufthansa color scheme with the kind of white body and the blue Mm. tail. Um, And it was even earmarked for registration D-ABYE. Um, But it stayed in the US. And when it kind of came to the end of its testing cycle, Lufthansa didn't want it anymore. Um, I've heard some rumours that maybe it was overweight or there were some various um, issues with it that meant it wouldn't really fit with the rest of the fleet. I mean, Um, what
0: I heard was that because it was uh, for testing, there was some additional stuff inside it that isn't on the rest of the fleet. So it was not necessarily overweight, but it was heavier than the others and didn't match them.
1: Yeah, it wasn't going to be um, a, a neat fit into the fleet yeah. it already had. So so they said, no, you keep it. Um, it had been flying under US registration N828BA. Um, and it hadn't really done much flying at all. I, I mean, I found some um, records of it flying um, back from back, back in 2015. It was flying out of Payne Field on about six or seven different test flights. Hmm. Um, but the last of those landed at Penal Air Park, where it was kind of stored for a couple of years. Um, it came back to Payne Field in 2017, took one test flight in early 2018. But then it got ferried out to Victorville and it's been hmm. there ever since. I and- know um,
0: our wonderful... Photographer Vince caught a photo of it there.
1: He did. He did. And uh, so sad with such a new aircraft. Mm. Um, but it's so it's languished in the desert since 2018. And, you know, it could well have been the very last flight for it with everybody kind of falling out of love with the project and uh, yeah. nobody really ordering any more of them. However, earlier this year, um, our readers might remember that Boeing booked an order for a single 747-8 from an unnamed customer. Mm. Um, and with a bit of sleuthing, it turned out that it was for this very aircraft. Um And then in September, it was revealed that it had been given a new registration number, um, SU-EGY. And that's Hmm. an Egyptian designator. So what's actually happening with this uh, 10-year-old Boeing 747 that's young at heart, shall we say, mm. um, is it's going to become Egypt's new presidential transport. It's going to replace their ageing Airbus A340. Um, okay. But of course, it's going to require some modifications if it's going to be the VIP jet that it deserves to be. Mm. Um, so it has taken off. It's done a fair bit of flying lately, actually. Um Back at the end of August, it was ferried from Victorville to Payne Field. Hmm. Um, and it's done three test flights since then, two in late September and one in October. And then it was delivered on contract, which means basically it's now officially somebody else's plane, but they yeah. aren't coming to pick problem. it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they aren't coming to pick it up. And that happened on November the 6th. And that's yeah. the very same date that the Queen got to spread her wings for the first time in her life. Um, so. Yes. Just after three o'clock on November the sixth it took off from Everett and headed east to Hamburg in Germany. Um which is kind of it, you know, it's almost serendipitous because it should have gone to Germany in the first place. And, and now I it think it's going to of Germany.
0: Ended up with Lufthansa anyway in a way, hasn't it?
1: Sort of, yes. It's it's not going to belong to the airline but it has hmm. gone to Lufthansa Technic um, so it's um, still wearing the Lufthansa colour scheme which is quite amusing but it's now going to be fitted out by Lufthansa Technic for the VIP specifications for the Egyptian government. Hmm. Um, so you know, it'll
0: probably get a new paint job as well.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. They'll definitely want to get rid of that blue tail, maybe. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or at (laughs) least just put it into the new Lufthansa almost paint scheme. (laughs)
1: Yeah, definitely. It's a a funny homecoming for a a plane that's had nothing very much to do for a long time. Mm. Um, But yeah, I mean, great for Egypt. They'll be getting a great aircraft. As you know, the United States is also getting 7478s as VIP transport. And I believe China also has an order in for a 7478 um, for VIP transports. So, um, yeah, I'm sure it's going to get lots of interesting features inside. But whether Egypt ever unveils those to the public, you know, these VIP jets are typically
0: yeah, not rather classified state secrets.
1: Yeah, but it's good to see it's going to have hmm. a life outside of uh, the desert. Anyway,
0: exactly. Well, jumping back across the English Channel from Germany to London. Um, and then back again across the Atlantic. um, Stop jumping,
1: Tom. Sit still.
0: Sorry, I won't jump. I'll fly instead. Um, It was an exciting day on Monday for pretty much the entire aviation industry because, you know, it was the first time since, I think, March or April 2020 that many people could actually fly to the US because, you know, Trump brought in the travel ban and then I think wasn't he gonna get rid of it when he left office, but then Biden brought it back in
1: yeah, or that was said the I'm rumor. not gonna get
0: rid of it. Yeah. Um, but now they finally removed this travel ban, and yesterday passengers from across Europe and the UK were able to um to return to the UK uh, to the US if they'd been fully vaccinated. And the thing that I found really interesting about this was that two arch rivals were so happy about it that they completely put their rivalry aside and were just like, yay! Um, <laughs> so what actually happened was early yesterday morning or Monday morning, around 8.30am, a British Airways A350 departed from London Heathrow as BA1, which in itself is a special call sign. And I think we talked about it a couple of podcasts ago. Um can't really remember. It was so long ago, <laughs> yeah. but it had a friend. Um, you may have seen on Twitter that the Heathrow Noise um, Twitter account had said there's going to be an odd takeoff from runway two seven right on Monday morning for a special event. So mm. it turned out that they'd actually coordinated that the BAA three hundred and fifty and the um, B uh, the virgin a 350 would take off from heathrow together and they actually did a really good job of doing it um, it was literally
1: simultaneous wasn't it
0: yeah it was crazy how perfect they did it um i'm not sure what sort of training and planning went into that Um, good old (laughs) gnats yeah exactly um and the pilots i mean um, good on the pilots for getting that there um so they took to the sky and um The Virgin flight took a slightly more southerly routing to get to New York and beat uh, the BA flight. For, um, although uh, I've seen everywhere on Twitter people saying it wasn't a race, it wasn't a race. but um, <laughs> Yes, it my, was. Come my on. My favourite <laughs> thing was that somebody said uh, the Virgin Atlantic plane has won the wasn't a race trip across the Atlantic. Um,
1: <laughs> to be fair, they were on completely different North Atlantic, yeah. Atlantic tracks. So it wasn't a fair race because one of them went further than the other.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, the BA one sort of went north from London, whereas the yeah. Virgin straight away started going uh, west but you know it was for me great that they'd actually managed to do this simultaneous departure because you may have remembered in October 2020 the um, BA was meant to do its dual departure with the 747 as it was staying on the 747 track (laughs) Um, it was meant to do a double departure for, with the 747 for the final mm. two, uh, but then the weather was really rubbish and it wouldn't have been able to be done safely. So instead they took took off one after the other. So, you know, it was great that the weather actually cooperated yesterday because that's not it really, a a, it really... It was a beautiful
1: morning. It really was.
0: You had better weather than we did in Frankfurt. It was <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was great to see that that happened and there was no weather in the way because the UK weather doesn't often like to do that
1: no it does not that's great and it was cool to see i really enjoyed Mm. watching it and uh, i was watching it on big jet tv and they had an amazing kind of viewpoint of it although sky Mm. news had a helicopter watching as well so lots of cool shots do check them out on simple flying because we've shared lots of them in our article about that Mm. i wanted to finish today talking about christmas christmas (laughs) Christmas! (laughs)
0: Did you say Christmas? I've already been to a Christmas market, so I'm like well on the way to peak Christmas already.
1: Oh dear, I'm I'm not there yet. I'm sorry, it's got to be December before I discuss Christmas in my house or else my husband will strangle me. So <laughs> I'm afraid Christmas is coming. Sorry, everyone. It um, is. And here in the UK, we have lots of challenges facing us this Christmas. We're apparently experiencing shortages of lots of in-demand goods, not to mention turkeys and Walker's crisps. Um, but um, British families, you know, they're kind of keen to secure their top tier presents in good time this year. And um, mm. one of the most in-demand presents for 2021 is the sony playstation 5 um it was in demand last christmas as well but nobody could get one and we're kind of in the same situation yet again Uh, it's been really hard to get hold of ps5s all year let alone in time for christmas Hmm. um Uh, some are being sold on ebay for like over a thousand pounds or thirteen hundred dollars which is way in excess of the recommended retail price um but sony's not giving up you know they really want us to get our hands on their games console and money in their pockets so um in order to restock the uk with this popular gift it's been chartering flights on boeing 747s from korean air Um, so in comes the queen to the rescue again (laughs) yeah it's
0: the 747 podcast today
1: it is today (laughs) So, um, a Sony spokesperson told um, local newspaper The Sun that a phenomenal operation has been underway to stock UK shelves with PS5s for Christmas. Sony just wants to keep fans happy after a slew of issues with its new kit, and this is an unprecedented airlift. Um, Mm. So, yeah, they want to keep fans happy, but they also want to make sure they sell as many consoles as possible. Um, But apparently, the shortage has been caused by a combination of external factors, including higher than expected demand, a global shortage of computer chips, and a shortage of shipping containers and backlog ports around the world so um air air cargo to the rescue Um, so far four Korean Air 747s have arrived in the UK there was um, two towards the end of October one Mm. the first week of November and there was another one at the end of last week there's another one scheduled for this week as well so by the time this goes out it may well be five Um, Mm. but they fly from Seoul um, for more than 11 and a half hours to London Heathrow um, and each 747 is packed out with almost 50 pallets of just (laughs) PS5s it's incredible Mm. um and to get the plate the uh, pallets off the plane um it requires 12 articulated lorries (laughs) so each of these trucks only takes four of the three meter wide monster pallets so i I don't know how many ps5s fit in each pallet but you know do the maths it's it's a lot (laughs) Mm. um so there's going to be at least one more, as I say, this week and potentially even more after that. Um, and the efforts are starting to pay dividends. Um, apparently, last month, only four stores in the whole of the UK re- received new stock of the console. But in the last two weeks, 13 retailers have now got some stock. Um, although, yeah, of good. course, they, they sell out as soon as they come in. So it's uh, it's still very tricky. But, you know, really cool to see Korean Air's freighters coming into Heathrow. And uh, mm. yeah, if you're waiting for a PS5, you may well get one for Christmas
0: Yeah. Well, I'm not waiting for that. I'd rather have the Boeing Christmas ornament that also got released this week, seeing as that we're talking about that.
1: Oh, I haven't seen that. What does it look like?
0: um, It's quite interesting this year because they've gone for sort of like a mixed design. So it's got the 787 and like every year it's just planes in like a snowflake shape. And this year it's got the 787, a fighter jet and their sort of weird spacecraft thingy all together.
1: Oh, that sounds fun! Does Airbus do one as well?
0: Not to my knowledge. Um, yeah, I know they're not very good at
1: gubbins, are they? There's always mm. lots of cool stuff in the Boeing shop, but not so much in Airbus. Mm. Airbus, release more merch. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I think that's about all we've got time for today. We hope you enjoyed it. Welcome your feedback at podcast at Simple Flying, and do tune in next week where we will be coming to you live from the Dubai Air Show
0: maybe not live by the time Well, maybe not live. It,
1: but, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> We'll record yeah. it live and then somebody'll mm. make it good and then send it to you. But you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> hmm. For more great content, you can visit our website at simpleflying.com or find us on social media. Simply search for Simple Flying.
1: If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave us a rating on your favorite podcast players. Thanks for listening.
0: Bye.